1: Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts.
0: On today's Locked On Thunder podcast, we're going to react to media day, including SGA talking about trade rumors. Plus the thunder established their coaching staff and make a trade. Where does the thunder roster sit and what updates do we have from training camp? All of this and more coming up on today's locked on thunder podcast on the Locked On podcast network, your teams every day.
1: You are locked on thunder, your daily Oklahoma city thunder podcast, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day.
0: Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast. On the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, media member, and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com. Ryland Styles. you can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOTHunderpod and email the show, Pod at gmail.com. On today's show, we will dive into the Oklahoma City Thunder making a trade to kick off training camp, plus media day highlights, a roster update, the coaching staff is set, what SGA said about trade rumors, and more. That is all coming up on today's Lockdown Thunder podcast. Thank you so much for making this your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. For your second listen, check out Lockdown Fantasy Basketball. Josh Lloyd getting you set or your draft before this season takes flight. Well, the Thunder made a trade with the Atlanta Hawks, shipping off Vidkrejci to the Atlanta Hawks for Mo Harkless and a second-round pick. Why did the Thunder make this trade? So, Atlanta gets Vidkrejci, which is awesome for them. Atlanta, more importantly, though, dodges the luxury tax. So, they dip their way out of the luxury tax. The Thunder... Send a guy who was on the chopping block anyway as the Thunder need to create three you know roster spots, they need to waive three players um from their active roster of, of NBA contracts. So the Thunder gain a second round pick for basically three million dollars. Because let's just say, of course, you're gonna cut Vidkrici anyway. He's owed $1.5 million. Mo Harkless is owed $4.5 million. You take on Mo Harkless, allowing the Hawks to dip under the luxury tax. You wave Mo Harkless. You're going to waive $1.5 million of that anyway. So you waive the $3 million and you get a second round pick. So each team gets what they want. The Hawks want to avoid the luxury tax. The Thunder want to clear up our NBA contract and in the process, they gain a pick, which is awesome for them. How the Thunder did this mechanically with the salary cap was they used Chet Holmgren's disabled player exception to take on Mo Harkless's money uh, into that disabled player exception. Uh, therefore, That's how it's going to be configured into the cap. And that's why they could trade a salary like this for uh, Mo Harkless. So you're all caught up on the details of the trade. Now, the reaction to this trade is pretty simple. You think that, of course, Mo Harkless is going to be waived. Uh, As of right now, he has not shrunk the training camp. And that's a decision that Mark said is between him, his representation, and Sam Presti. So we'll see what happens. But why is that so assumed that the Thunder are going to waive him? Well, number one, first and foremost, the roster crunch. It's pretty obvious that there's not enough roster spots on this team. They have to factually waive three NBA deals prior to October 17th or on October 17th uh, to be in compliance with the NBA guidelines. So, Mo Harkless is an easy one of those three NBA contracts. He's 29 years old at 6'7", 220. He's a poor three-point shooter, and he averaged last year four points, two rebounds, half of a steal uh, as well last year. I haven't been a today as well last year. You know, I think that he's only had four good seasons shooting the ball from three. Anyway, so this is a guy that can't shoot the ball from three. Does not really project to shoot the ball from three this year. Is a solid defender, but really only defends wings. So that's not an area OKC you know struggles in. With the Thunder, you want them to improve their shooting and rim protection. You know, just in general and. What Moe Harkless does, a subpar three-point shooter and a nice perimeter defender. The Thunder pretty much have a surplus of. I mean, Ludor is an excellent perimeter defender and a, and is coming along and has still some potential in three-point shooting. Kenny Hustle, same thing, excellent defender, uh, or at least good defender, and a solid enough three-point shooter, I think, better than Moe Harkless uh, from beyond the arc. And then Wiggins and Jalen Williams. I think that with Aaron Wiggins and Jalen Williams, those are two guys that are better than Mo Harkless right now. So so that's four names deep right there of guys who do what Mo Harkless does, only at a better level. So, while also being all younger than Mo Harkless uh, at 29 years old. So th- that's kind of where he just does not fit anywhere into the equation for the Thunder. So, as we head into training camp, we were looking for three names to wave for the Thunder because they need to waive those three NBA deals. We've already found out two of them. Before Media Day on Monday, Ty Jerome was... It was reported that he would not be with the team. Uh, he's not at training camp. He is at home uh, waiting on the next steps, which will be him getting cut. Moharkless, we just laid out why we think that he's on the chopping block and why we think that he's going to get cut. That's two down. That's two of the three down. Who was the last one to go? I think right now that this is a tale of two players. I think that the two players in the hunt to to lose their roster spot is Thao Malvon and Derek Favors. Malvon is owed $1.9 million. Derek Favors is owed $10 million. To me, that's the only two players really left on the chopping block of even you know, being feasibly cut. I I would be stunned if it's somebody other than Tam Malvon or Derek Favors. I just would be. I would be stunned if that happened. As a reminder, Eugenio Maruri and Lindy Waters III do not factor into this. If, if they were to be waived, it would not get them any closer to having their roster set by October 17th. So... Of these two options, I think that it's going to be tailmall on. I think that the $1.9 million is easy to cut. Uh, With Derek Favors, that $10 million can possibly be parlayed into a trade later on this year or just simply uh, stay on the roster all year long. It doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. And hearing Derek Favors talk and hearing Mark talk about Derek Favors on media day, I just think that he provides a lot off the floor um, that is going to be valuable for the Thunder in this season. And it's going to create value for itself in this season. Plus, it allows you to just have a guy who can eat up minutes. You, know, you, you think about baseball a lot. You think about how uh, you, you hear about these bullpen arms that are just there to eat innings. They're not really there to be quality pitchers. They're just there to just take up innings in a blowout or take up innings in a game where uh, you're not going to put your best lineup out there, whatever the case is. Uh, he can do that in the sense of eating minutes where instead of having Jalen Williams be forced to play in the fire from Arkansas, the Arkansas Jalen Williams will instead of having him being forced into the fire of the NBA whenever you don't think that he is ready for that or uh, if you don't think he's ready to take on that huge role or huge minute log, you can allow him to go to the blue, play with Cameron Woods, who's going to get him uh, stellar defensively and also improve his offensive game. Uh, so so work with Cameron Woods. And in the meantime, this is a big man that can fill that hole for you with Chet Holmgren being out, plus the money factor of it, plus the the trade factor of it as a, as a matching salary type at the deadline if you need it uh, is always good. And I just do and I don't think that there's a role for Taylor Mellon long-term in OKC. Uh, I think that it's just easier to waive him now than later. So that's just my prediction for what's going to happen. We know the two. What's your prediction for the one? Now, one topic on this roster crunch roster or situation that I don't know is being discussed enough, the Thunder have a 20-man roster, which is the maximum players you can carry in the NBA in this period of time. But it's a 20-man roster filled of NBA guys that, you know, you think have a future in this league, or at least you you can talk yourself into having a future in this league. That's not the case for a lot of teams. A lot of teams, their 18th, 19th, 20th guy aren't guys with NBA aspirations, really. They're guys that are just there to get their G League rights, and uh, they're going to be shuffled down pretty soon. However, the problem for OKC is you have Ty Jerome not reporting. Let's just assume that, that Mo Harkless does not report either. So that's two guys down from 20. You have Chet Holmgren out for the season. He can't practice. And you have SGA hurt and not practicing. That is four players down. OKC is down to 16 players active at practice, which is less than the actual season if you're fully healthy in season. That is not great for training camp. Obviously, you're going to want camp bodies. You're going to want to um, be able to, uh, you know, work out with more guys. Now, on the plus side, the Thunder coaching staff has a lot of guys who can actually play. I mean, they, they can actually, uh, suit up and, you know, uh, go on runs with guys and developmental guys like Eric Maynard is still there. Like he, he played in the league. He, he can, he can get it done. Right. So they have coaches who can fill in, so to say, and, and can do some drills or three on three work or five on five work with these guys. Mike Wilkes, I think can go. I think that Eric Maynard of course can still go. DJ Wilson is in the video department. Now he can go. I'm sure, uh, you know, there's guys, uh, There's guys that I think can fill in for that, but it's just interesting that the Thunder only have 16 active bodies right now on their actual roster, despite having a max capacity roster in training camp. We'll see how that kind of goes in these, once you get into the grueling days, your third, fourth, fifth straight practice, we'll see how they balance their off days around that. And of course, they play an actual game in five days, five days away from playing an actual game the OKC Thunder are against the Denver Nuggets. So we'll talk about that coming up. We're also going to talk about the media day standouts coming up. Yesterday, we did buy and sell of every player, a stock watch, if you will, for every single player on the roster, how we feel about them entering the season. Now, let's go back and talk about the interview portion and how each player fared in these interviews. So we're going to get to all that and more coming up on today's Lockdown Thunder podcast. But first, I want to say you right now about our good friend over at Built bar. I should say, bet online. Bet online is going to tell you a lot about what you can do with your betting needs. Bet uh, online is, of course, your number one source for football betting info this season. Find all of your latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in depth articles and analysis on every single game that you can find. Plus, bet online remains your continued source for all of your sports wager information from live betting and up-to-the-minute scores and every sport out there, including MLB, NBA, MMA, boxing, golf, all that fun stuff. So check out right now, betonline.net, and you can use your mobile device and learn more at betonline.net. Folks, it's this easy. You type in betonline.net, you go to sports. Yeah, you can even bet on the Thunder opening night game already. Already, you can bet on the Thunder opening night game Against the Minnesota Timberwolves on the road. Uh, whenever you scroll down and get to that game, the Thunder are 11.5 point underdogs on the road in Minnesota. So, how do you feel about that game? You can bet on it, bet online. Go over there right now. The best uh, betting source for your betting needs across every sport, betonline.net.
1: part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: We are back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. want we'll to talk about some media day standouts, and the first thing is SGA. So Shay commented on his trade speculation and also on his injury. So real quickly, on the injury, he said he's getting better, heading in the right direction. Could not commit, of course, to a timeline um, by any means, but it sounded very optimistic. And you mix that with what we heard last week from Sam Presti about how Sam Presti basically said it's not a big deal, and then he backtracked it and like realized, hey, we can't really say anything's not a big deal whenever it's a human body that's hurt. Uh, but uh, everything points to he'll be pretty close to being back on opening day or close to it, somewhere in that range of opening day, maybe missing two, three games uh, to start, whatever the case is. He'll be Pretty, uh, he'll be back pretty soon. Uh, but on the trade factor. So he, so media day, right? Media day set up where there's all these different stations for players to go to. They, they go into the actual arena floor and that's where they shoot the content that you see on the scoreboard and on social media, taking pictures, videos, uh, all that kind of cool stuff that you see throughout social media and the jumbotron. If you go to games, stuff like that, that's all done on the, on the actual floor, the paycom center, the floor is taken out and there's just like the big pushback, the seats, everything in the inside the arena that you used to sing. You come out from that room. There's a lot of stations to go to uh, interviews and things like that. So the main interview room is where I was, uh, but he also went to a station where the down to dunk podcast was of the athletic. uh, And so did a, did a exclusive interview with Andrew Schlecht. And in that interview was asked about the trade speculation, gave a really good answer. Go listen to that podcast uh, for his full answer. But uh, the quotes were, I know what I signed up for. I believe in this team. And that's what you can run with. If you're a thunder fan, I know what I signed up for. I believe in this team. That that is stuff that you really want to hear Shay say. Uh, and really want to hear him kind of dive into more to to kind of equip you with ways to punch back against the uh, the trade Shay narrative and the uh, fake reports and sources and everything else that people uh, throw out the wall and see what sticks, right? So that's great. In the big interview room with us, with everyone, uh, Shay was asked about it. You know, he really just said basically he's where, he, where his feet are, right? Like he doesn't pay attention to the media, doesn't pay attention to like social media, stuff like that. You know He's worried about his game, how he can improve, and how he can get better. That's pretty much it. So standard answer in the in the media room, good answer with the Athletic. All in all, really good day. All in all, still, you're getting hit over the face with Coach Marthegna and uh, Sam Presti and SGA, all telling you, hey, Shea's happy here. Shea wants to be here. Shea uh, is excited. Shea, you know, everything positive about Shea and their relationship with OKC, everyone involved is telling you that. To your face, Shea, Mark, Sam, they're all telling you that. At some point, you have to believe the players and people involved versus sources. Because the sources could be anything and mean anything. Folks, if you're talking to an NBA executive and they tell you, oh yeah, we like Shay. or oh yeah, we think Shea's a good player. How are you going to twist that to get clicks and retweets and likes and Folks, those those clicks those retweets and likes they put your Twitter account front of other, other people who then follow you and if they follow you they'll then see your work more and if you, if they see your work more they might click it if they click it they might like it if they like it they might click it again money 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 so it, it, even something as, as simple as a, a generated tweet or well, the tweet itself does not generate money the ripple effects from it does so this is you know you're gonna twist that in oh oh the, the Mavericks love Shay or oh the Raptors love Shay when in reality, whoever you talk to, if you talk to anyone from the organization, just said he's a good player, which he factually is. But this is the price of having a, a a great talent. It's the honor of having a great talent. Everyone wants him. Every beat writer, every executive, every organization, everyone wants Shay. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. That means he's a good player. Means you got a good good asset, means you got a good guy as the face of your franchise and leading you through this rebuild. Do you have to deal with some some narratives and nonsense? Absolutely. But you'd much rather have the number one guy on your roster being somebody who is sought after than not. That's just the bottom line. So that, that's kind of the price of doing business, of having a really good player. Now, other things from Media Day. Uh, Trey Mann, Darius Baisley, Poku—they all stood out as being much bigger. Darius Baisley looks every bit of 220 that he claims that he is. The team listed him, I believe, at 216, uh, but obviously we know that that can all fluctuate day to day and stuff like that. But he looked huge, ready to go. Uh, he, he looked awesome. Trey Mann looked awesome as well. Uh, and again, I think the Poku looked looked good. Like this was the first time with Poku where he, you know, walked to the podium. He sits down, and you don't got to squint to to convince yourself that he's, you know, kind of put on muscle or put on. Uh, anything you could tell right away that he has, even to uh, whatever degree you want to say that he has. Uh, Josh Giddy said that he works out with uh, Chip England two to three times a day. That's great. And he also cautioned fans, you know, look, if this is not going to uh, happen overnight. Or, like the jump shot isn't going to improve by 12% tomorrow. But, you know, every day that you work with him, every day that you, that you feel good about your jump shot, uh, of course, helps. Now, Lou Dort talked after uh, practice uh, today about how he's also, working with Shippinglin, And then Usman Jang was seen working with him as well um, after practice on free throws. So that was great to see, you know, these guys that can really take the next step. Josh Kitty, Lou Dort, Usman Jang. If they can become consistent and good shooters, then guess what? They take a, a, a evolution. They take a the next step in their game. Uh, Lou Dort, speaking of him, back and ready to go. 100% healthy from that shoulder injury, sh- uh, shoulder surgery. I'm really excited to watch him play here in five days. when the Thunder take the court for preseason. One of the biggest things for me uh, from media day was actually how players reacted to Chet Holmgren's injury and, and and getting to talk about Chet Holmgren whenever he was brought up. That was one of the biggest things for me from from this media day period. Also, I think that Lou Dort and Kenny Hustle really showed you what the NBA is all about. Being a fan, uh, just the, the, the storylines and, and just kind of the ethos of the NBA is all about as well. Plus, the Thunder made their coaching staff official. What changes should you know about and why do they matter? All that and more is coming up on today's Locked On Thunder podcast.
1: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked on NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: We are back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast. On the Locked On Podcast Network. Your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOTHUNDERPOD. Now, Being at media day was awesome. Uh, It was was a great experience. Getting there in person for the first time uh, was awesome. Uh, And again, I cannot thank you guys enough for supporting the podcast, subscribing, everything else that goes along with that. Uh, Again, we're Locked on Thunder five days a week, Monday through Friday, uh, and after every single game, we're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Subscribe for free on every podcasting platform, YouTube, all that good stuff. The biggest thing that stood out was how every player talked about Chet Holmgren's injury. I mean, SGA, Mark, Josh Giddy, literally every player talked about his mindset and how great it is, and how you know Josh Giddy raved about his mindset and how he knows that he's going to attack this rehab, come back better than ever. Poku talked about how you know he's got a long career ahead of him, and that he believes he's going to be back, you know, better. Of course, hearing about how he has such high spirits and how he's still living in the gym, living in the weight room, scooting around, lifting guys up, smiling, laughing. You know, putting the the hours in the gym, even if it's just sitting there and watching other guys compete. You know, th- hearing that kind of stuff just reaffirms everything we heard about him in the pre draft process. Everything in the pre draft process that you heard from every outlet, every source, every person, and everything that we heard talking behind the scenes was about how dedicated uh, you know Chet Holmgren is to being great, to 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 living up to the hype, to being the best he can be. We saw the confidence from himself talking uh, at TSPN right after the lottery. I want to be a, a 50, 40, 90 guy. But you also heard, hey, this guy literally eats, sleeps, breathes basketball. This guy watches film constantly to the point where Mark told me at media day whenever I asked him about, you know, what what things can you do, you know, with the mental reputation and film room uh, with with Chet Holmgren and how favors can impact that, how Muscala can impact that, as two guys who've been around and can have seen things at the NBA level. Uh, Mark said, look, this guy's a film junkie. Like, he's way ahead of that curve. He talked about how, you know, he's going to cut his own highlight reels, you know, not highlight reels, you know, film, film reels already to go and study. Like, he is that far progressed in it to where you're not having to hunt Chet Holmgren down to give him film. You're not having to wonder, is he really watching this? You're not having to give him a blank CD and ask him what he's studying he makes something up. He, he wants to learn. He wants to put those hours in the film room. He wants to get better in that aspect. And so hearing that mindset get told by players who, you know, I've talked to him since July or, or late June. Uh, it was awesome that he's already shown that to, uh, in that capacity. I think that it really should give you that calmness. Uh, I think that Sam Precious Presser the day after the injury uh, gave you that calmness as well, but the players talking about his mindset did a lot for me as well. Uh, now, I just think that it, it's important to take a moment about, uh, you know, trust Williams and Lou Dort talking about their deals Oftentimes, we get kind of caught up in, oh, these guys are multimillionaires. These guys are almost billionaires. These guys, you know, are just freak athletes, God's gift to basketball, just athletically gifted, everything else. We get caught up in the first-round picks and the first-overall picks. Hearing the way that Kenny Hustle and Lou Dort talked about their contract extensions, talked about, you know, signing these massive deals, it was really heartwarming, if you will. The way that they talked about how, you know, sharing that moment with their families and, and, and how speechless they were and and their reaction to it, how they just couldn't believe it, and and sharing that moment with everybody around them, going into detail about it, like that was just really cool. And, and it really had to make you happy for them because these guys grinded and they took the unconventional path. and, and easily, easily these guys could just not be here right now in, in the NBA spotlight, much less making millions upon millions of dollars. I mean, how many undrafted guys and how many guys who are just thrown into deals get these type of contracts? I mean, it's that simple. This does not happen often. And you've got two on your very team. When Kenneth Williams was thrown into that Steven Adams trade, 99.999% of people said his career was over. He was a throw-in to get the salaries correct, and the Thunder could easily waive him because of the non-guarantees and, everything, and every other mechanic in his contract that was over with. You know, he was gone. Frank Jackson was gone. Zylan Sheehan was gone. Like all those kind of guys were gone, uh, and that were all they were all just salary filler. Even after the first training camp and the first preseason game, the second preseason game, everyone had still wrote off. Kenny Hustle. And yet, here he sits, surviving year four, now entering year five in the NBA with a shiny new multi-million dollar contract after going undrafted. He didn't even have the same success as Lou Dorr. He went undrafted and then bounced around to another team, fought and clawed his way there, and then earned this contract. Lou Dorr went from being a projected first round pick to falling out of the first round to, uh, personally, I think that he just... His representation just didn't want him drafted after that at that point and wanted to pick his team, pick the Thunder, uh, and, you know, had to grind, went through the blue season, you know, um, um, got to the point where he had enough familiarity and confidence for Billy Donovan to him, putting him in the starting lineup in the regular season, and then in the bubble, of course, was awesome, playing into Game 7, taking the what would have been the game-winning shot in Game 7. Like, everything he did in his rookie year was awesome. We all saw it, his rookie season. It could have easily gone a different direction. Kenny Hustle's career easily could have gone, gone a different direction. So to get to see them kind of celebrate and, and reach this point in their career was pretty cool. To hear them talk about from their for their own selves and kind of put that in a different perspective. With SGA getting a max deal, yeah, you know this is this is a guy picked in the top fifteen. Like it's kind of it's kind of you know, it's kind of lost the nuance of it. Um, not to discredit anyone's journey, but th- these two journeys, of course, very special. The Thunder, of course, set their coaching staff. Chipping Lynn's hire was made official. Uh, Grant Gibbs, is who was the head coach of the Blue last year, is now on the Thunder coaching staff. And Cameron Woods, who was an assistant last year and coached the uh, Summer League team, is now the head coach of the G League Blue. Mark actually did a good job of explaining this move. Um, so Cameron Woods, last year, was an assistant coach, and he was you know, a pioneer on the defensive side of the ball. And if you don't remember, you know, for the part of the season that mattered, before the injuries, before the tanking, whatever you want to call it, the Thunder were still playing their guys, their group of guys. They were a top 10 defense, all thanks to Cameron Woods. Uh, he, he had a, he has imprint all over that. He's awesome. He's one of the best young defensive minds in the NBA, uh, and he's now going to get head coaching experience because he didn't have any of that. Grant Gibbs, he had the head coaching experience. Now he's going to get NBA experience because he had none of that. So this swap makes a ton of sense whenever it was laid out that way. it just kind of uh, snap your fingers, light bulb type of moment of, oh, yeah. That's why they're doing this situation here in OKC when flip-flopping these two coaches. So that's awesome for each Gibbs and for Woods. Excited for both of them this season. And excited, of course, for Chip England's impact on the Thunder. What were your biggest takeaways from Media Day? Plus, how do you feel about the roster? Who is that third domino to fall? Let me know on Twitter at Ryland underscore styles. Let me know in the comment section down below on YouTube. And until tomorrow, be good. And be good to one another.
1: Hey Prime members, you can listen to this locked-on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.